Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast. We're your hosts, Caitlin Mitchell and Jessica Kanata. If you're looking for ways to bring rigor and engagement to your middle school ELA classroom without sacrificing your nights and weekends, then this podcast is for you. Our goal is to provide you with your weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can actually enjoy teaching again. We'll help you bring the fun and creativity to your ELA lessons so that your students master the standards and you can leave school when the bell rings. Get ready to be that teacher you've always wanted to be to do great work and thrive. So for the month of July here at EB Academics, we really like to focus on writing. We release our EB writing program and open it up for enrollment to new teachers in July. We also host a free workshop experience as well. And we also thought it would be fun to air a couple bonus podcast episodes that are some of our you know, most listened to in terms of writing focused ones over the years. So for the next three Thursdays, we will have some bonus podcast episodes for you. And we would love to also invite you to join our free online workshop specifically for middle school ELA teachers. And we're going to teach you our four proven strategies for teaching literary analysis writing like a pro. These are four strategies that we teach inside our EB writing program that we have taught to thousands of teachers all across the country and all over the world that we love to obviously share with you as well. Um, In addition to our free online workshop, we're also hosting a pop-up Facebook group experience where we will be giving away MacBook Air to one lucky winner, two Hue document cameras. We're also hosting some bonus trainings as well as giving you even more free resources. So we really want you to walk into this next school year just knowing that you know how to teach writing like a pro. You are the best writing teacher at your school. Um, And if that seems far-fetched, it won't be after you join us for this free workshop. So definitely make sure that you join us. Head to ebacademics.com forward slash writing 2022 to grab your free spot. And definitely make sure that you join us over in our pop-up Facebook group as well. All of those details will be on the thank you page after you choose your date that you will be joining us. All right, let's dive into this bonus podcast episode. All right, so I am very excited to get into this episode. We've talked about this particular topic, what feels like a million times, but we were just saying you can never talk about something too often because a lot of the times you need to hear it over and over and over again before it finally sinks in. And that is discussing spiral reviewing, right? We have this concept that we talk about at EV academics all the time, but we continue to get questions. You know, what does that actually look like? You know, how do we actually do that in our classroom? So we've talked about it. And in this episode, we really want to walk you through a concrete example. So you can actually see what it looks like in action and take these same principles through this example and apply them to other types of writing to other things that you're doing in your ELA class. And so what we're really going to do is we're going to discuss the best way to spiral your writing lessons to really ensure student mastery. So we're going to focus on writing, but keep in mind that what we're going to discuss can be applied to other aspects of ELA as well. Um, So if you're the type of teacher who's wondering, you know, my student writing, my student's writing just isn't getting better. You know, I'm, I'm giving them these great writing lessons. You know, I'm doing everything that I can But I'm willing to bet, Jessica and I are both willing to bet that Mm -hmm. you do the writing unit, you assign the essay, and then you move on to the next type of writing and you don't come back to that writing again, right? That happens with persuasive. I know it happens with narrative. It happens with problem solution. So it's happening with all of these writing genres where we put it in a little box, 
we teach it, we assess it and we move on. And that's the norm. It seems like that's what we all do. I know I used to do that before I really started applying these principles into my own classroom. And when we have so many standards to cover throughout the year, it seems like that's just the best thing to do, right? We've got to do this, assess it, and then move on to the next thing. But what we want to do is we want to make sure that we are actually giving our students ample opportunities to practice these various types of writing, right? We have a million types of writing we need to cover, narratives, response to literature, argumentative, persuasive, expository. Expository has like what feels like a hundred different <laughs> types of writing within expository itself. So that makes sense that we'd want to just teach it and move on to the next thing. But we want to be able to give our students these various opportunities to practice these skills and to practice these standards. So fitting all of our writing units into our year isn't the most important part of planning our units. And I want to say that again, fitting all of the writing units into our school year is not the most important thing that we want to focus on. Instead, it's something else. And what is that, Jess? Yeah. If you've been paying close attention, you're probably already guessing, but it's building in those spiral review lessons. And honestly, like it doesn't matter how strong your writing unit is, your three-week narrative unit, whichever type of writing. If you're not intentionally scheduling in spiral review lessons or activities, then the majority of your students just aren't going to master those standards, right? And like, I say that knowing that, of course, there's always those one or two students, they just get it the first time, right? They are strong writers. And I can think of one student in particular, and I know, Caitlin, you taught her later on, and this is Aaron W., right? (laughs) Yes. He was just this phenomenal writer. She wrote better than I did in fifth grade, and I was always blown away with her writing. And she actually, I don't know if you knew this, Caitlin. She went on to be um, valedictorian of her class last year, I which did. I think That's is so great. cool. <laughs> so, so there's always those outliers, right? Those students who just get it. But let's face it, right? Students like Aaron, they were already strong writers to begin with. So they are going to pick up on concepts quickly. But for most of our students, they need those built-in review lessons. And they need them scheduled strategically throughout the year so that they can strengthen and grow with their writing. So as you listen today to this episode... We really want you to ask yourself, you know, have I scheduled in review activities for all my writing units? And if the answer is yes, then awesome. Great job. Keep doing what you're doing. But if it's no, then we're going to challenge you a little bit to maybe think about why it's so important and what could be possible if you do effectively plan out your spiral review lessons. And we're going to walk through a narrative writing example today. But like Caitlin said earlier, like this can be used for any type of writing or any topic really for that matter. So again, keep in mind it's with narrative today, but you can use it for anything. Yeah. And we're going to walk you step-by-step and we're going to give you examples, but I just want to point out that if you are an EB teachers club member, all of the activities that we're going to be sharing about today and that we're going to be talking through, those are all um, activities that you can use one of your free coupon codes on to download them. And then you can just schedule them into your scope and sequence. Like we're going to talk about in the episode so that you're all set for the year with narrative writing, right? Cause that's the example that we're going to use today. Um, and so if you would love to join us in the EB teachers club, which we would love to have you, you know, if you're ready to take back your nights and weekends, you're done burning the candle at both ends, but you still want to be that great teacher, right? Delivering engaging and rigorous lessons for your students. Then we'd love to invite you to add your name to our wait list. We have thousands of middle school ELT. ELA teachers from all over the country, all over the world. So it doesn't matter where you are, where you live, there's going to be somebody like you in our EB Teachers Club that can support you, that you can bounce ideas off of, that you can collaborate with. Um, and you also have all of us 
our EB team in that Facebook group as well, supporting you, not to mention the great materials that you get as a member of the EB teachers club. So go ahead and add your name to the wait list. If you go to ebacademics.com forward slash membership waitlist, uh, you can add your name to the waitlist there. Okay. So let's dive into the best way to spiral your writing lessons to ensure student mastery. What's the first step? So first step is actually to schedule your deep dive writing unit. So this is like the very first time you're introducing a particular writing style to your students. And you're going to want to intentionally plan where it best fits in your school year and then budget a few weeks to cover all the different components of that writing style. So if you're a member of our EB community, you know that we encourage you to start the year with narrative writing. And it just makes sense because it's a less daunting writing style for students. They've probably already done some type of narrative writing in past school years. So they're familiar with it a little bit. Um, so they're going to feel more comfortable. It's not going to be as scary. It's going to allow you to get to know your students better. So it's just a really great unit to do at the very beginning of the year. And so the deep dive narrative writing unit that we use with our EB Teachers Club members, it's a three-week unit, and it has all these different mini lessons. We use mentor texts to talk about leads and endings and transitions and dynamic vocabulary, figurative language, dialogue, like all the stuff. So students learn about all those aspects of narrative writing, and then they write an actual narrative and they go through the whole writing process, right? They draft it, they revise, they edit, and then they produce and publish their narrative. So if this sounds familiar to you, like maybe you've done something like this, right? You have a complete narrative unit, but then most likely that's where you stop, right? Students turn in their narrative, you grade it, you hand it back to them, and then you move on to the next writing unit. But I want you to think about, is doing one narrative writing assignment really going to allow your students to master the standards? It's not, right? We have to make writing that habit so that they're continually improving those skills necessary to become more proficient writers. So again, that was step one. You have to do your deep dive of narrative writing. Okay. And so then that's where step two comes in. So like you said, that's where most of us stop is we Mm -hmm. do that unit, we move on. Well, that's where we're going to change things up and we're going to change the script for you. It's going to help your students so, so much. It's going to be a game changer for them. So your next step is to then take out your plan book or wherever you do your lessons. And you want to pencil in multiple spiral review lessons for the rest of the school year. So we're talking short and sweet lessons. Students might not be writing an entire other full narrative, but they might be focusing on just one aspect of narrative writing. So these lessons that we're talking about, and Jessica's going to walk you through a lot of different examples here in just a moment, they might be one or two class periods, and they're sprinkled in over the course of the next few months. And that's really where the magic starts to happen. You've done your deep dive. Well, now your students are going to go back and they're going to do leads again, maybe a month later, and then they're going to do endings again, maybe two months later, or however it is that you decide to schedule it into your scope and sequence. But the key is to be super intentional about what types of spiral review lessons that you should be planning and incorporating into your classroom. So you go back to your plans from your deep dive writing unit, right? That beginning unit that you did at the beginning of the year or whatever writing style it is, whenever you taught it, and you want to see what components should be reviewed. So with narratives, that's going to be, like I said, leads, endings, plot structure, all of those important things that you addressed in that deep dive unit. So for our spiraled review lessons, students start strengthening their writing muscles as they practice writing some leads on one week, right? So they're going to go back and they're going to practice leads. They're going to review. They're going to implement all of the strategies that they learned about leads during that deep dive narrative writing unit. 
Well, then the next thing that they're going to do is they'll complete a dialogue review activity on another week. And they're going to go deep into that for a day or two. And then transitions, you get the idea. So you're taking those main components that you taught in that deep dive and you're coming back to them during very specific scheduled times that you added into your scope and sequence so that you don't forget to do them, right? It's so easy to be like, oh, we did narratives. I'll come back to it later. And then you don't actually come back to it later. That's where planning and being intentional and actually sitting down with your plan book is so key to pencil it in. Hey, on this day, on October, I'm going to do my leads review on this day in November. I'm going to do X, et cetera. So Jessica's going to get into some of the ideas for specific spiral review lessons that you can do with your students for narrative writing. Again, these same types of concepts and everything that she's going to talk about is applicable to other writing styles. You're just taking the different concepts for those different writing styles and adapting it to work within this framework and this example that we're going to teach you. So again, remember, if you're an EB Teachers Club member, you already have access to these. You can use your coupon codes on them and download them for free. All right, Jess, go ahead and dive into our first example. Okay. And Caitlin, I'm going to ask you that after I explain each activity, if it didn't make sense or you have questions, ask them and I can go deeper. Okay. Okay. So the first activity is focused on descriptive language. So again, it's something you covered in your deep dive. Now you're going to review it maybe a month later or two months later, and I'm not going in any particular order. So you don't have to say, okay, it's October. This is my next activity. Um, So for descriptive language, this is going to help students improve upon their character descriptions for narrative writing. So students are going to review effective strategies for adding a description to their writing, and then they're going to engage in like a very brief practice activity before creating and playing a fun game of what we call guess who with their peers. So this is so much fun. I love this activity. So what you're going to do if you're creating this on your own is you're going to provide each student with a picture of a person. And you can just like go online and print out pictures. You can rip out images from a magazine. It can be babies, adults, grandparents, whatever, right? doesn't matter. And you're going to put a number on each of the pictures and you're going to pass them out to each student. But it's really important that your students don't show their pictures to other students. So they want to keep it a secret. And then you're going to have your students write a very detailed description of the person that they have on their magazine cutout, making sure to focus on the descriptive elements that you reviewed at the start of the lesson. So maybe you talked about, you know, character traits that are physical or internal, whatever it is that you reviewed with them, that's what they're going to focus on in their writing. So students each write a description for their paper, and then they put an assigned number on their description. So my picture might have number three on it, but maybe the teacher told me that, for my number, for my description, I'm putting number seven or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. So then everyone turns back their pictures in and turns back their descriptions to the teacher. And the numbers can be different. They don't have to be the same. Uh, the numbers are definitely different. So there's definitely a different, different number on every okay. picture and then every student has their own number. Okay. Got it. Okay. So now the teacher has everything. What the teacher does is they take all the pictures and just quickly tape them around the room. So you're making kind of a gallery wall, um, like different stations almost. Use your whole classroom. And then mix up all those descriptions that your students wrote and pass them back out so that no one has the one they started with. So now what I'm going to do is I might have Caitlin's description and I don't know it. There's, you know, her numbers on there. It's number two. So I take it, I read the description and I go walk around the room and I look at all the pictures and I try to figure out, okay, which picture is this one describing? And I try to match it. So I have like a little score sheet with all the numbers of all the pictures, one through let's say 25 or however many pictures there were. 
So I have number two description and I might say, Ooh, that looks like picture 13. And I match it on my paper. And then I trade with another student and I keep on going and I just try to match as many descriptions and pictures as I can. And then when the activity is over, you know, the teacher can go over all the correct answers. Students can kind of debate why they thought one answer was right or not. It's a super fun, interactive activity. And what I love for the activity that we have for our EB Teachers Club members, we give you all the pictures, the practice templates, the scorecards, everything to elevate the activity. So it's so much fun. It's so interactive. And it's really only one to two class periods, but students are reviewing that idea of descriptive language in narratives without writing a full-blown narrative. I love it. So fun. So fun. Makes perfect sense. You don't need oh, to explain any further. Yeah. You did a great job explaining it. No question. Okay, yes. Good. <laughs> like we're in the classroom. No question. No questions. <laughs> All right. So then if that activity makes sense, this next one is very, very similar. So this would be maybe a month or two later, we're going to review dialogue from narrative writing. So this helps students craft like interesting, realistic dialogue that's going to enhance their narratives. So again, you do a brief review of dialogue. Maybe you talk about, you know, where do you put the quotation marks and how do you use a tag and where does the comma go? All that good stuff. And then again, students play guess who, but with dialogue. So this time you would give your students pictures of two people. So you have to look through, you know, through magazines again and find maybe it's a teacher and a student in an image together or a mom and a baby, whatever it is. So you pass all those out. Again, they don't show their pictures to anyone. And this time you ask them to write an imaginary conversation or bit of dialogue between those two people in the picture they have. Same thing with the numbers on all the pictures and on all the dialogue descriptions. Everyone passes them back in. Teachers mix them up, hang up all the pictures around the classroom. And again, students go around and try to match the dialogue they have with the pictures. So again, so much fun. You're rinsing and repeating the activity, really, because it's the same concept. Students are going to be familiar with it. It's just different pictures. That one seems so much harder. I feel like it'd be very, you'd have to do a really good job with your dialogue. Oh, with, for sure. You know, to be able to have your classmates match it to the picture that you have. I feel right. like it's much more challenging with dialogue than descriptive language. It is. So you can also be creative, right? Like if it's a student and a teacher, you could have them discussing something about homework or a classroom happening mm -hmm. or whatever. So it does make them think a little bit harder, but that's a good thing, right? And I guess if you wanted to, if you did descriptive language first, that activity first, you could say, hey, remember when we did descriptive language, you might want to incorporate some of that in your dialogue to make it you know, I love it stronger. Absolutely. <laughs> so good. All right. Next spiral review activity. This one is about leads. And I actually really enjoy teaching leads. I always had fun with this with my students. So for this activity, what you can do is you can take like really familiar fairy tales. And if your students aren't familiar with these fairy tales, maybe you spend, you know, a few minutes kind of going over the basics of the summary of, oh, I don't know, Hansel and Gretel or whatever it is. And you point out to students that, you know, all these fairy tales start with once upon a time and that's kind of boring. So the challenge here is to have students recreate the beginnings to these familiar fairy tales, but using the different types of leads that they learned about in that deep dive writing unit at the beginning of the year. So back in that three-week unit, they had studied, you know, flashback leads or dialogue leads or using a question to start a lead. So what you do is you have students choose from a list of fairy tales and they write a new lead using the technique of their choice. And then they read it to their classmates. They could do it whole class, small groups, 
and their classmates have to not only guess the type of lead, but then they have to guess the fairy tale that they're retelling as well. So it's kind of fun and silly because students can get really creative here, but it's still rigorous because students are now remembering, oh yeah, there's those six types of leads that we studied at the beginning of the year. And that's what I use when I want to write a quality narrative. Yeah. And one thing that I want to add to this, that um, just in case your students aren't familiar with any of fairy tales that are, you know, you're maybe familiar mm-hmm. with from growing up, there are a bunch of short YouTube shorts that you can watch oh, yeah. on familiar fairy tales and like show those to your students first so that everybody kind of is on the same, you know, wavelength and has mm-hmm. all of the same understanding of the different fairy tales before you do that in class. I know some of our teachers have done that. Yeah. And fairy it's tales. Like, you don't even need to show that many of them. You could do this with, you know, four quick fairy mm-hmm. tales and students are using the same story, but they're coming up with very different leads to showcase them. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Okay. Next activity. This one has to do with endings. So it's very similar to that leads activity, except now you're going to review the different types of endings with students. Is it a twist ending, cliffhanger, circular? Those are all types of endings. There's a bunch of different ones that they've studied in the deep dive unit. So what you're going to have your students do is using those same fairy tales, or you could pick a few different ones, whatever you choose. You're going to have them rewrite the ending using a narrative technique of their choice. So they, maybe they come up with a total twist ending and it's like a fractured fairy tale, right? Where they end with a question, whatever it is that they do, they then share it with their classmates, classmates guess which type of ending is it? And then which fairy tale are they retelling? So again, super fun, but rigorous because they're practicing those techniques. One thing that I want to say about the first two that you talked about, and then the Mm -hmm. second two that you just talked about is, and you kind of mentioned this, but I want to talk into it more. It is like spiral or not spiral. It's like rinse and repeating, right? So by the time the students are doing the endings version, they've already done the leads. They're familiar with the fact that, Hey, we're probably going to watch four YouTube shorts on these fairy tales. This is how we did it the first time with leads. So it makes it a lot easier to get into the lesson. So you're not spending a ton of time sitting there explaining things over and over again. And Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes we waste part of our, our class period doing stuff like that. So when we can rinse and repeat just concepts or types of lessons for our students, it makes it a lot more powerful for them to have more time to really get into the activity that you're doing with them. So I love that about the first two are very similar. And then the second two that you just talked about are very similar. Perfect. And that's a nice segue into the last activity actually that we're going to share. So this last activity, I do think it makes the most sense toward the end of the year because it kind of takes all the different activities you've been reviewing and mashes it into one activity. And so what this is, is a mash game. And I know we've mentioned this on the podcast before, but it is just like that game that maybe you played in the nineties where it was like a fortune telling game where you predict, you know, who you're going to marry when you're older and what your occupation will be and how many kids are you going to have? And where are you going to live? Like, I love that game. And I know I told you this, Caitlin, but I introduced it to my um, two oldest kids and they think it is so much fun and they love like <laughs> playing it at, at dinner. So it's, it's just bringing me back to my childhood. <laughs> so this is a really fun twist. And again, we have it available for you in the EB teachers club, or you can create it on your own. But what you would do is, um, set up a mashboard. So really it's just a circle in the middle. And then up above the circle, you write out mash M A S H. And those letters stand for part of your setting. You get to decide is M a mansion or is it a magical place? Does S stand for space, you know, something <laughs> else under the C, whatever it is, you come up with it, but those are your settings. And then on the sides, instead of, you know, a spouse and a career and all that, what you have is very short snippets of dialogue, like four different options, 
four different brief protagonist descriptions, and then different types of conflict. And you can come up with other stuff as well, but those are kind of the basics. And then students play MASH and, you know, you can Google how to play it. I won't get into all of that, but they play MASH and they end up with, you know, a setting, a conflict, a piece of dialogue and a character description. And then their challenge is they have to use all those components in a complete narrative. So now they have to craft a lead and they have to have an ending that they've studied and they've got to put in that dialogue snippet and all those other things and make a logical narrative. And it is just so much fun. And your students are going to love sharing these because let's say Caitlin and I are playing this game. We could end up with the same four things, but have totally different stories. And it's just really fun to see how those come together. And it's a great way to review all the different parts of narrative writing. So students are writing another full-blown narrative. They didn't just write one for the year. They've written two complete ones and then reviewed all the different components in between. So you're going to see your students excel with their writing once you build in activities like this. Yeah. And I love the MASH one. Listening to it though, I'm like, oh, I got to come up with all that, but you don't, right? Your students can do it with you and you can put it all on the board. Like, I just feel like it would be such a fun interactive thing. And I hope I didn't make it seem like, oh, you know, you have to come up with everything. When I say snippets of dialogue, it could be like, oh no, or what happened? You know, like just quick little things. things. Yeah. 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 Um, But I do think it would be cool to do that with your students and put it on the board. So it's like this big thing. I just, that sounds like so much fun. Oh my God. Yeah. You can make it like a vote. Okay. Do we want to use this dialogue? Like really get their buy-in as you create your mash board. Yeah. I love it. Um, so to recap the best way to spiral your writing lessons to ensure student mastery has two steps to it. The first thing that you're going to do is you're going to plan and teach obviously your deep dive writing unit. What we did for you today is we walked you through a narrative example, right? So the same concept of teaching that deep dive narrative would be applicable to teaching your deep dive response to literature or your deep dive persuasive or your deep dive argumentative, whatever it is that it, that you're teaching in your classroom. Well, then step number two is you want to pick out the elements or the mini lessons from that deep dive unit that students should practice more than once and schedule review those lessons for those particular topics for throughout the year. So for narrative writing, we give you a bunch of examples, but if we're talking about response to literature, we might have a spiral review activity just on claims. We might have a spiral review activity just on justification, right? We're going to come back to those on a continuous basis throughout the school year. So I jump in here really quickly Yeah, yeah. because you brought up response to literature, spiral review, EB teachers club members. Remember you have those available for you inside the club as well. So just be mindful of that when you're building out those review activities too. Love it. Great reminder. Um, so even though we focus on narrative writing, same thing's going to apply to all of the other writing styles. So spiraling your writing lessons, I'm telling you right now, it makes all the difference in ensuring that your students master the standards. And it all starts just with you taking a little extra time when you're planning, but not really because it could take you 10, 15 minutes to just pencil these into your scope and sequence of intentionally scheduling these lessons into your planner in a way that ensures that you don't just teach a writing unit and then completely forget that you taught it and you have to come back to it. So 
Hopefully you see that in action using these examples to really help you understand what this concept looks like in practice um, and come back and listen to this episode again, you know, write down these ideas that Jessica shared with you so that you can go ahead and replicate them for your narrative unit. And you could even take some of these same concepts for these lessons and apply them to the other types of writing styles as well. You know, as Jessica was talking about the leads activity, I was starting to think, okay, well, how could I apply that if I was teaching persuasive writing? What would that look like? Would I give students different types of persuasive texts and et cetera? So there are all different ways that you can use what Jessica talked about, not just for narratives, but the other writing styles as well. So with that being said, thank you so much for joining us, you guys, on this week's episode. Next week, I think we're going to be talking about ways to differentiate your lessons that are very, very simple because differentiation, I hear that word and I have a little bit of a heart attack because it's so overwhelming. And we want to talk about two ways to really make it easy to bring into your classroom that's going to benefit your students exponentially. All right. So we'll see you guys next week on the podcast. Bye, everybody. Bye.